Hey, Colin. What? You gonna storm Area 51 with me? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. You think it's a myth? <laughs> uh, well, I think a bunch of Naruto nerds are gonna actually do it. <laughs> and then, uh, I don't know, just kind of be turned away and nothing's really gonna happen. Uh, I believe if you run fast enough with a Naruto run, you can dodge all the bullets. <laughs> That's uh, what I hear they're claiming. So. It's a fact. Uh, I've successfully done so myself. From Alda, this is the Protect Your Wild podcast. Each Tuesday, we go balls deep into some sustainable stories, wild ideas, and legendary people. I'm Avinash, and I'm here with... Colin Campbell. And we're going to be um, <laughs> busting some myths about climate change. Uh, we're, we're about to bust some myths, uh, on climate change since, uh, there's a lot of misinformation and, uh, bullshittery going around. Always. Always. When when is there not? Um, so yeah, let's dive into our first one. Uh, glaciers melting won't cause sea level rise because icebergs are displacing the same amount of water that they contain. Right. So basically what this myth is kind of based off of is if you had a glass of water, right. And we're pretending that's our ocean. Um, and you have some ice floating at the top, uh, the, the water that is displacing is the same amount that's contained in the ice. So the change will overall be nothing. Right. Or in Uh, some cases it displaces even more because of, you know, ice is like mixture of air and water. Right. So, yeah, there's yeah. pockets of air in the ice, yeah. So that's a, a very interesting point, and uh, if I was none the wiser, I would probably believe that. Yeah, I mean, it as basically... Like, water example is great. Right, it, it's basic, there's like basic kind of logical truth to it, right? There's an element of truth to it, and then they're applying that concept to a much larger scale, right? Okay, glaciers are in the water already right if they fucking melt then what's a big deal right how is how is the ocean level gonna rise it doesn't make any sense yeah i saw this actually being like uh on face somebody posted on facebook somewhere is where i first saw it but um yeah it's pretty simple we'll we'll break it down here (laughs) so you know avanash what happens when stuff gets hot um, usually it melts. It will melt. That is one thing indeed. And another thing it'll do is expand, right? Yeah. So as the ocean gets warmer, um, basically it's such a huge, 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 unfathomably huge amount of water that that one or two degree increase will lead to, uh, you know, an expansion basically of the water itself, um, mm-hmm. thus making the the global level rise. Right. So that's that's one of the major reasons, as listed by uh, the Ocean Service. dot noaa. dot gov facts sheet on sea level rise. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other big one is kind of obvious: shit is melting. That's also not in the water. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. 
So do you think uh, do you think uh, the naysayers will have any any uh, clapbacks to those two? Facts? To those two uh, facts. Um, so doesn't ice expand uh, when it's formed? Uh, right. Yeah. You mean compared to the its liquid state? Yeah. So like if right. you put ice. I mean, water in a like ice tray, it doesn't it slightly expand? Yeah. Same thing with water bottles and stuff like that. So, um, wouldn't the couldn't the argument be made that um, the ice, when it hits the water and it's melting, it's just, you know, not causing that much of you know water displacement because it's going from from a large you know volume to a smaller volume. It's smaller, but not small. <laughs> that that would be the the only kind of response to that is like, yeah, though that might be true, in in a sense, there is still mm-hmm. such uh, large amounts essentially that um, it is gonna have a huge impact. And we we have, I don't know if you guys saw that video going around Facebook that NASA did of the uh, seasonal kind of changes in the arctic ice um but we're gonna throw a link to that in the notes and i recommend you check it out because it's pretty cool and it shows pretty clearly how like old ice as it's called the older the ice the thicker it is and everything is essentially like dying off and the this cycle is getting smaller and smaller as uh you know the oceans freeze and unfreeze and freeze and unfreeze i think they show it from like the starting in the 80s up until now or something. Wow. And, and, like, the thing is, it it compounds because uh, the less ice there is, the less light is bounced back out uh, into space. So uh, it's absorbing more of it. And the more the ocean absorbs that energy, the more it heats up. And the more it heats up, the more it helps, you know, melt more ice. So continuously compounding the issue right it's a feedback um, loop yeah yep um, and we're feeding it real hard <laughs> <laughs> yeah according to that that same uh, article as well they said the oceans are absorbing more than 90 percent of the increased uh, atmospheric heat associated with the emissions from human activity um so that's basically saying uh the impact that we're having is or or the sorry the impact on the climate that we're creating is uh more or disproportionately affecting the ocean because the ocean is the largest darkest you know surface area therefore like you're saying absorbs more heat and yeah feeds that cycle yeah that's that's terrifying um because you know if the ocean gets warm kills a whole bunch of you know sea life and food and they'll fuck us up um you know let's eat fish um and not only that like it just messes with our coastlines and a whole bunch of other things so it's very important that we you know protect that yeah and and on that note uh on what it affects the next myth we have there is that there's not a connection between the natural disasters that, for some reason, seem to be getting worse and worse these days, 
and climate change, right? Yeah. Uh, can you explain more about that, Colin? Because I, I if, if, you know, if I'm not correct, uh, um, tornadoes and hurricanes and stuff were around before climate change, right? Yeah, they always existed. Um, but uh, here's some, some factors that are changing with it. With hurricanes, for example, um, the increased temperatures of the ocean um, and higher sea levels mean that storm surges as these uh, hurricanes come in are going to push further inland. So that's basically more destruction and uh, the flooding on coastal areas also will increase with that. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and yeah, the hurricane one is pretty simple. I feel like that's one that people can understand really directly because it's like hurricanes are like a, a direct result of like weather patterns, right? With yeah. air temperature, sea level, or in ocean temperatures. Um, the warmer it is, then yeah. Yeah, the more usually the more intense the the earthquake, or <laughs> earthquake, Jesus, more intense the hurricane is, right? Um, yeah. So that one's not to survive hard. both. I can definitely tell you, a <laughs> hurricane is way worse. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, I think your average hurricane is worse than your average earthquake. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of which, how were so you you survived the the L.A. earthquakes over there? What what was that like? <laughs> Um, interesting. So, you know how, like, uh, disasters you prepare for, uh, are like hurricanes, kind of like tornadoes, you get a tornado war- warning and you kind of, like, know what to do. Um, mm-hmm. earthquakes, I feel like nobody knows what's happening until it's, like, it, basically over. And then you're like, oh, that was an earthquake. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Maybe some people are really good at, like, you know, telling, like, immediately it's an earthquake. Um, those are usually, like, the natives here. Yeah, I was gonna say, but- probably not Floridians. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's like, I didn't even know what was happening. I was in the shower when the first one hit, and I was just like, huh, that was weird. And, and afterward, people were screaming, earthquake, and I'm like, oh, that was what it felt like? Okay, um, <laughs> lame. <Yeah>. <laughs> and then the second one, I was just playing video games, and, like, it happened, and I kind of, like, acknowledged that it happened, but then it was over before I could do anything, you know? Right, right. Um, you so, didn't even save your game or anything. It was just... Time. Yeah, it was literally like, uh, all right. And then it, by the time I was like, all right, what was, what, you, know, you, you can't even remember like what you're supposed to do during an earthquake, which is jump under a table or your bed or something like that, jump in a bathtub. Um, is it just so, for falling shit, basically? Yeah, you just see your stuff rattle. It's like, it's pretty much what, what you see in movies is what happens. Oh, okay. um, stuff falls over and you're like, oh, shit, what's happening? Like, right. and, and it feels like you're like, Head camera is like shaking a little. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> yeah. Like, That's yeah, so your, your vision gets all like, like, whoa, things are shaky now. Okay, yeah. cool. I guess uh, we're rolling with this. Right. Uh, so that's like so, a, yeah. that's like the only natural disaster that's like not affected by climate change, right? Yeah. Because it's yeah. just and like then, the ground is shaking, <laughs> like tectonic yeah. plates and shit. You know. Yes, and I, I think that's independent of um, climate change, but for sure, hurricanes. From you know when I stayed in Florida from 2004 till 2017, mm-hmm. um, all the hurricanes I went through, I was prepared, um, but they definitely seem to have gotten worse. Right. Um, and what about you know the 
obvious other one that affects California and L.A., the wildfires. So how does that link to climate change? Ooh, the wildfires are definitely a result of climate change. So it gets really dry out here. Um, like even now in the summer, I haven't seen rain for however, so long. I actually nice. miss it. Um, <laughs> and like everything is just really dry out here. Um, so I can see how, you know, stuff can easily be very combustible because you'll see like leaves and stuff and twigs uh, laying on the ground and it just doesn't get that moisture to like not combust. Right. Um, so over time, I guess it just piles up and the next thing you know, it'll just take one spark and then, right. you know, it's volatile. It's like a tinder yeah. bundle or whatever. You're just building up a tinder bundle and then one little yeah. spark. That's my fire yep, noise. LA Tinder. It's on fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, yeah that's, it, it increases the uh, the droughts, right? It, the length and severity of the droughts and so forth. And mm-hmm. obviously plants don't like that. And if the plants are dry, you know, they light faster. Try lighting a wet paper towel on fire. Yeah. Doesn't work. <laughs> I've never actually attempted that, uh, but yeah. Um, Take it that's from an expert. <laughs> You're an expert on burning paper towels? Yeah, you'd be surprised. Oh, interesting. <laughs> um, but yeah, basically, um, yeah, I, I, agree, I agree with this kind of um, statement, and people who say otherwise are full of crap. Uh, I know the current administration tries to deny it and blame it on other things, but it's definitely a result from climate change, you know, that these um, natural disasters are getting worse. Yeah, and more intense. I mean, yeah, and then similarly with, with tornadoes, all, all other things that are basically weather-related, um, as the climate is, you know, heating up and stuff, a lot of these weather patterns are getting more intense. So, um yeah, I mean it's it's like basic science stuff. You can yeah. Google it if you don't believe us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so next on the uh, MythBuster list is uh, only ninety-seven percent of scientists agree that humans are the cause of global warming. So that leaves the question: Who is the three percent that disagree? Like. Um, Idiots, but <laughs> the first, so the first thing about this, this whole thing that's kind of interesting is that, uh, that wording, right? Only 97%. It's like how you can, like 97% in any other situation is basically 100%. Like, like yeah. there are not many, if you get a 97% on your test, you're pretty stoked, you know? There's no... But it's it's the way the media tries to, to sway <laughs> things, essentially. Yeah, I mean, you didn't grow up Indian, but if you didn't get 100%, your mom was mad. Um, <laughs> All right, that's fair. All right, so I guess for the Indians listening who uh, believe the 97% is not acceptable enough, here's kind of the explanation. Um, so... Uh, how they gathered that data was basically, like, they looked at uh, all of these um, papers, right? All of these uh, peer-reviewed papers on climate shit, right? 
and yeah. they filtered through them to see which ones like stated a direct stance on if it was caused by humans or not. Um, and they found, and uh, according to, uh, we got this source from skepticalscience.com. Um, so basically they saw that in most cases these papers were operating under the fact that this exists and is human cause. Like that's an assumption, not an assumption. That's like held as true in the science world. So in a lot of these cases, there is no need to state that because it's already known to be true. So that ended up filtering out a good number of them that probably would have increased that percentage even. Um, so basically out of these like peer reviewed papers, there were, uh, you know, 3%, which if you scale that up, obviously, if they looked at a thousand papers, that's 30 of them, right? They looked Mm -hmm. at 10,000 papers, that's 300 of them, uh, did not, uh, I guess, attribute basically climate change to human causes. But I'm still fairly sure in all these cases, there was no argument as to whether or not climate change was happening yeah so regardless of whose fault you think it is so to speak um it is happening a hundred percent of the time (laughs) and only three percent of morons uh somehow or another did not see it as a human cause thing which you know, I, I wasn't quite able to uncover. It's just sometimes people are wrong, you know? Yeah. Are, are these the same people that are arguing, um, like, it's part of the natural cycle? Uh, or, like, blaming on, like, just it's normal. It's climate will change. Right. Like, that's, that is, that's definitely one of those uh, those big myths that's a part of it. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to put a link to our source for this one, but... Basically, they have, you know, the CO2 chart showing the levels um, over the past several thousand years, right? They figure this out by ice core samples and so forth. They went back 400,000 years and saw, essentially, the way the normal cycle goes is it'll peak out at about 300 parts per million CO2 mm-hmm. parts per million, right, in the air or in the atmosphere, and where we're at right now uh, is, it looks like, over 380 parts per million. So that's a pretty significant percentage increase. Um, Here, let me actually calculate what percentage that is right quick. Uh, It's like a 26% increase. Um, and that's over that spike specifically happened uh from 1950 to now so all of these past patterns and again just look at the graph it's really fucking straightforward industrialization happened humans started putting out a shitload of carbon on top of going you know already heading into a peak in the cycle yeah. So, but I mean, look at the, look at the inventions that we invented in that time. Like World War Two ended, and we just hit this like 
insane growth stage, right? Factories and like automobiles and uh, just industries that we grew over, you know, a short span of time. Um, that's basically what caused it. Like we we invented our own destruction. Yeah, I mean, our consumption has only gone up, and then manufacturing to support it has only gone up, and then accessibility to vehicles and transportation for, you know, developing countries has only gone up, so... um, Yeah. Everything, yeah, just kind of ramped up really quick, like you said. Yep. Cool. So is that myth busted? Is that officially Uh, busted? Does anybody have any questions about the 3%? Let's yeah. focus on Light the us 90s. on Instagram or Twitter or wherever. Just just argue with us. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll fight back. Um, <laughs> come at us. Come at us, yeah. bros. <laughs> anyway, on to our next uh, myth. Uh, this one's a funny one. I, I like this one. Uh, so pe- people are saying coral grows more as the sea levels start to rise. Um, what they're arguing is... <laughs> What's it even more? based on? <laughs> It was a people on Twitter. Uh, they're very smart. <laughs> so yeah. Um, they, basically, they're they're saying that um, as the, the sea levels rise, there'll be more you know ocean for you know coral to grow in, and because of the acid levels dropping in the water, the the coral will be able to grow better. You know, because what kills uh, coral right now is uh, ocean uh, ocean ocean acidification mm-hmm. um so by having more fresh water mixing in from the melting ice uh these coral you know things will grow um that's completely false uh it'll actually kill more coral Tight. so <laughs> cool, 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 cool. <laughs> logic is false uh let me explain why <laughs> so yeah. basically um what ends up happening is that uh, the coral, you, you end up drowning the coral um, because the coral can only survive at a certain depth uh, in, in the water. So adding more volume will make it deeper for the coral. So like um, if the coral reef is not getting the right amount of light or um, it's susceptible to more you know, waves and stuff like that, it gets damaged either way. The deeper it goes, the more sand uh, it it ends up getting and get like deposited on top of the reef, hmm. and that's basically like covering it, you know, in dust or you know like a blanket of no sunlight uh, and no food, whatever it is, and just covers it and kills it. So um, it needs to stay at that like optimal you know condition for it to grow, um, and, and I think that's what people like. Need, need to understand about coral is it, it's super sensitive to it, its surrounding environment. Right. It can only grow in the, like, the most perfect conditions for it. Um, and they're super fragile, so but they're very crucial to ocean eco- ecosystems. Um, so that myth is busted. Is there, so here's a weird question. Is there any change to the ocean that would actually benefit coral? Um, I don't think so, unless we're, we're, you know, helping the coral grow by, like, 
planting, you know, uh, I don't know what they're called, but like uh, spores or bulbs, like unless coral you, babes. Yeah. <laughs> coral uh, saplings. I don't know yeah. what they're called. Um, but essentially like corals very sensitive to its environment. So it needs like the optimal conditions. So I think the only answer to that would be if we created the, the conditions, um, it could help. But other than right. that, we're, we're not making it any more hospitable to that, um, at all. <laughs> so it's just destroying them. True. Well, yep. so yeah, I guess, uh, it's depressing. Yeah. Yeah, I guess bad news is there's there's bad news and the good news is there's uh there's bad news. <laughs> there's, there's nothing. <laughs> um just lose all hope, it's fine. Um <laughs> uh on to our next uh you know kind of controversial myth, but I think this one's kind of relevant as well. It's it's a good lesson in math. Uh and it's Basically, that Americans are not the problem. Uh, countries like China and India are. Yeah, we're uh, clean. It's their carbon footprint. We have no air pollution here. Our air smells good and mountain fresh. Yeah, America's great. I've heard, you know, Amer- America's the greatest country on Earth. Um, and it's all China and India's fault for polluting our, you know, water and air. Um so that comes out of the logic that they produce more uh, emissions. So like the net you know, amount of emissions that they produce uh, for China, it, it looks like China's the biggest polluter on this planet, right? Um, they have like, I don't know, however many millions of tons of pollution. But what it really comes down to is uh, carbon footprint per capita. So that's per person. Um, <laughs> And if you look at it, yeah, China's like leading, but per capita, um, I think a Chinese citizen only produces 6.59 tons. Um, so that's per person uh, versus an American who produces 15.53 uh, tons per person. Uh, so in comparison, you're like, oh, shit, you know, Americans produce so much more. Uh, and the reason China is leading right now is because you have to multiply it by their total population which is a few billion. So overall, that compounds and looks a lot bigger. But, um, whoa, whoa, whoa. The- Not a few billion. <laughs> but, yeah. One billion. <laughs> like a billion, yeah. <laughs> just, a billion. Just have to pump the brakes there. Blowing <laughs> uh, things out of proportion. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, sorry. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so the other interesting thing is, uh, India is their per person or per capita uh, carbon emissions is about one point five eight. So compare that to the American, where it's like fifteen point five three. Like an in, uh, an Indian person <laughs> basically can't go much lower versus an American person per person can definitely re- reduce their footprint um, and contribute less. Uh, and on, on that list though, um, Americans are actually not the worst and not <laughs> per person per capita. They're not the responsible for the most, uh, emissions. Uh, that title goes to Saudi Arabia at 16.85 tons per person. Mm-hmm. Nice. So they, 
definitely be more sustainable, but but being the mo- <laughs> the fossil fuel capital of the you know world, not um, super surprising. I'm not surprised in the least bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so and when your country's like, I guess there's probably a lot of desert stuff that they might have to compensate for, you know. Oh yeah. Who who actively lives in a desert? You have to get everything <laughs> vo- like driven to you. What is it? Uh, Las Vegas. Oh yeah, Fuck that's Las another Vegas. example. <laughs> Las Vegas. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, this is again a, a pretty simple one. I think this is where we can bring some hope back into it. Is that though our per person, you know, carbon emissions might be you know, amongst the highest, like I think we're amongst the top five in the world. Um, Mm -hmm. We have the biggest room for improvement. Um, Like this great quote that I hear, uh, not even quote, just a concept, but it's that we're lucky to get to live in a time where we can make the biggest impact. Like we have a lot of like global issues kind of looming with this climate change stuff, but we're in the time right now where we have the technology and we have the, you know, communication with other countries and relationships that we can, you know, really do something and be the the generation, so to speak, that, you know, goes down in history for, for saving it. Our innovations, our ideas, um, what we choose to invest in, we have the opportunity to be, like, the chosen, one, the chosen ones. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll be the next greatest generation, the generation that saved the world. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like a weird, a weird. It's like a new type of like world war, right? Mm-hmm. Where now yeah. uh, alliances have to be formed over you know protecting of resources and things like that. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, it's an interesting uh, time that we're in. So that's exciting. So that myth's busted. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so uh, I just want to take a second to say we really, really, really appreciate you listening to our podcast. You're awesome for doing so. And if you like what you're hearing, uh, it helps us a lot if you leave a review or subscribe. And feel free to reach out to us at protectyourwildpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we love hearing from you guys and uh, any topic recommendations or what you want to you know guests. learn about guests yeah send it to us and uh, we'll try to make it happen uh, so thanks yeah um, yeah and some quick I want to throw in I guess some quick action steps on this climate change stuff right that was some yeah. some really good feedback we got is let's let's try to keep tying it back to like what we the individuals can do to lower that footprint right. Um, yeah. so some basic things, and this is a new one I learned from being out in Colorado, filling your car up at nighttime and not during a hot day, right? Basically, as you fill your car up, the vapors escape, right? And the gasoline evaporates really quickly. So yeah. if you fill it up in the heat of the day, gives off a lot more, um, of those, of, of that gas, you know, as it evaporates, um, so that was something in Colorado, they have like bad air quality days where they basically say like, try not to drive and try to, and, and don't fill up your car during the daytime. Um, 
So that's that's a new tip that I learned. Obviously, transportation. Uh, if you can take public transportation or if it's close, just hop on your bike. Um, don't be that asshole that uh, parks in one shopping part and then gets back in your car and then goes and drives to the other side of the parking lot <laughs> instead of just, like, walking two seconds over. Um, you know, don't... Uh, I don't know. Just just uh, be conscious of the energy that you use. Yeah, yeah. Eat yeah, yeah. Meat, that's another big one that reduces. Eat local, um, buy local. All that all that stuff uh, impacts your your car- carbon footprint. So. Yeah, and, and it's, it, all it takes is like smaller changes, and it'll make a bigger impact. Because at scale, uh, if a whole bunch of us uh, contribute to reducing our, you know footprint we'd you know we'll make a big change so uh let's uh be better and not fuck up our planet yeah <laughs> yeah for sure for sure <laughs> <laughs> so um just wanted to follow up from our previous like uh i can't remember how many episodes ago it was um but reasons we're not vegan uh following up on that um do you have any updates on that (laughs) yeah well so quickly uh if you guys don't know what we're talking about or didn't listen that's episode 82 uh you can check out where we talked about you know basically why me and avinash aren't like vegan or vegetarian like the excuses blah 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 and uh came up with some good solutions to try to help uh make that change so yeah i've been in the over the past couple months, I've been implementing a lot of that stuff and and cut way 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 back on my meat, right? Um, mm. So what I did is I got veggie burgers, frozen veggie burgers as a go to lunch now, right? Um, nice. I got some great recipes for. Uh, I did vegetarian chili, so I froze a shitload of chili up and was eating on that for a long time. It was delicious. Um, I did, you know, I stopped, I cut meat when I make pasta, I stopped having meat be in the pasta. Um, I just loaded up with more veggies. So for that, I like to get like a, a really basic jarred tomato sauce, you know, where it's literally just like tomatoes, some salt, some basil, some garlic, like the ultra simple ones, not with any bullshit ingredients. Then you just chop up your own peppers and onions and whatever veggies you want in there and saute it and then put it in the sauce. And now you have like a good legitimate sauce without quite doing it from scratch. It's just quite a bit, it's a little faster. Yeah. Very interesting. Huh? So yeah, a lot less meat. How, uh, yeah. how have you been doing? <laughs> um, not as good. Um, I increased, uh, my carb intake to <laughs> replace meat. Mm, um true. so i'd eat noodles more often um i i have gone to more uh vegan restaurants so nice. one thing that's really nice about la is um the abundance of you know vegan restaurants or places that serve vegan ice cream or whatever else it is um there's just so many out here that you you can feasibly eat out every day at a vegan place, um, yeah. if you wanted to. My my only downside to that is 
vegan food is actually a lot more expensive than normal food. <laughs> um, <laughs> surprisingly enough. Uh, so just give you a quick, easy price comparison. Um, a Chipotle bowl costs around what eight dollars, nine dollars um, for. Yeah, yeah, Chipotle is great. Um, but <laughs> uh, a Chipotle bowl is, a, we'll round it up, let's say it's a $10 meal. Yeah. Um, the vegan place that's literally right next door, and I would say has better food, um, it runs around $16 for around the same amount of food. Um, it's locally sourced, um, like organic, whatever, like fruits and vegetables and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, but I, I just can't see why it costs more. Uh, I think it's because it's vegan and it has that labeling. Um, and also it's not like a huge franchise. Well, buying um, local, yeah, it does increase costs from the food end at least, you know? Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Um, but I don't think you should be paying $16 for like a meal, you know, or like for a bowl of like, you know, what it is is jackfruit and other vegetables and stuff like that. But the jackfruit takes that meat spot, and um, I, I, I genuinely enjoy it. I couldn't tell the difference. Uh, I had a quesadilla actually. Nice. Uh, I couldn't tell if it was uh, pork or not. I was like, oh wow, this is actually Dude, really good. Jackfruit is magical. It is. If someone didn't tell me, I wouldn't have known. Yeah. Uh, and, and also, uh, what I'm noticing what's really popular now is uh, Beyond Meat. Uh, I've had some of those. Right. Um, I still haven't had that yet. I want to have that. Yeah, no, it's it, it's uh interesting. Uh, I always say the texture is the only thing I feel like they might be missing. Um, but overall, like I'm very impressed with how far science has come uh, with the options I, I've been presented. Uh, there's actually a food truck that comes to my work that I kind of go to occasionally that makes um, chicken that's not actually chicken. I think it's made out of mushrooms um, and some other vegetables, but their patties um, look like fried chicken, hmm. like giant breasts. So you just mm, love giant breasts. Oh, mm, yum. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so. <laughs> You have that in, uh, in uh, those burgers, and uh, I, I really enjoy those. So that's how I'm doing. Uh, I'm not doing like as much as you are, but uh, <laughs> making small progress well, there. I still, yeah. yeah, my my guilty pleasure is still hitting that Chipotle bowl, and I do the chicken. I did switch from the barbacoa to the chicken, though, and I feel oh. like that was a major, major sacrifice I made for the planet. So oh, okay. I mean, it's <laughs> I'm gonna baby go, steps. I'll try. I'll do the sofritas next. Yeah. So, so like, uh, one of my friends at work says, you know, just eliminate all the animal uh, products that have four legs and then do it in stages and go from there. So, uh, I find it really hard for me to take out dairy. Um, I'm a milk drinker. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, So I'm right there with you on that. (laughs) Like I, I can drink a whole gallon of milk in like a week and I'll be fine. Uh, so yeah, it's gonna be tough for me, but um, I'm trying my best to reduce that. <laughs> right, right. Well, yeah, cool. I mean, I hope that that was helpful to you guys, and that you start, you know, considering making some of the switches yourselves. Like, 
my lifestyle's no worse. I'm just a little bit more considerate. And, you know, I just cut out meat of things that, you know, the meat isn't like the main piece of the meal. Like chili without yep. meat is still fucking delicious. <laughs> yep. Also, um, when you're getting food to go, right? So like, uh, or we'll say I live the bachelor life kind of, you know, I don't cook, um, bit of a bum and I'll get steak out a lot. Um, yeah. And you live in a city and like, yeah, who cooks? Um, so <laughs> anyway, um, when, when you're like getting food to go, the, the overpackaged things. So like think about Chipotle. I know we're referring to Chipotle a lot. Um, but it's it's just like a e- easy standard example. Yeah. They'll wrap your burrito up and then they'll chuck it in a you know brown bag and it's like not necessary. Um, so I usually just tell them you know you skip the bag. Uh, I'll, I'll just carry the burrito in the foil like right. that works. Too. Um, just don't wrap it like an idiot um, and <laughs> we're all good. Um, yeah. So yeah, um, just small things like that you like you don't need an extra you know plastic bag to go with your stuff so just ask and i'm sure 100 percent sure no restaurant is going to deny that request no um not at all so yeah that's small things you guys can do to make a bigger impact yeah and speaking of making an impact our warden or wanker it's back um, baby now it's only happening once a month because of uh kind of our new posting schedule and whatnot. I hope you've been enjoying those interviews, but Avanash, who is our warden or wanker for this month? So for this month, we have our two wardens, uh, which is Amber Jackson and Emily Hazelwood. Uh, (laughs) These two two people are (laughs) amazing, and the reason they're pretty dope is because they're repurposing oil rigs into artificial reefs. Um, so you're like, whoa, what does that mean? So basically the story behind this was, um, these two ladies were, uh, listening to these fishermen, uh, brag about, oh yeah, there's so much fish near these oil rigs and yeah, it's like the best fishing spots over here. Um, so they decided to go diving near there and they discovered that like underneath these oil rigs, there's like a whole ecosystem, uh, and it's kind of like a reef. So what they're doing is that they're trying to turn and repurpose uh, oil rigs into artificial reefs by just topping, like chopping off the top and leaving the rest uh, in the ocean. And what they're, you know, serving as is basically a framework for a, a coral reef to grow, um, which is a really cool concept that um, they discovered. So it's like something man-made uh, that can potentially harm the environment that's actually being used to create a new ecosystem for ocean life, which I think is a really interesting twist uh, to the whole oil rigs are really bad, um, pollute the environment. Um, So I think as we phase those out, turn more electric um, and get rid of the fossil fuel uh, shits, um, we'll have some, you know, good uh, repurposed oil rigs in the ocean. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. That's something I never would have guessed could be repurposed. Yeah, exactly. It's like a, a paradox, I guess. So shout out to those two people for figuring that out. And Yeah, uh, you have really cool names. What did they sound like? I don't know. You said something. Uh, so <laughs> initially when I read them, I was like, uh, you sound like porn star names. 
<laughs> I had to make him say it. So that's Amber Jackson and Emily Hazelwood. They are wardens with a They're questionable awesome. history. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> They're amazing. Um, so, yeah, shout out to them. They're cool. Um, and, yeah, if you like what you heard, um, please subscribe. Leave us a review. Uh, it helps us out a bunch. Uh, as we're trying to like grow and get more sponsors and guests. And uh, if you'd like to contact us, uh, shoot us an email at protectyourwildpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, make sure you like, comment, subscribe. And uh, all the links and references we make, um, we have like links in our show notes. So peep those. And uh, yeah, I'm afraid anything, Colin. Protect your wild. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. We really do appreciate it. And don't forget to check out our blog and subscribe to our email list at aldlifestyle.com. That's where you'll get the discounts to these dope brands we're talking to. And there will be another interview with another dope brand next week. So I hope you're looking forward to it. And we'll catch you then.